0: Hi everyone and welcome back to Recover with Carly podcast. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation for a couple of reasons. One reason is because today's guest is actually our first male interviewee, which is really exciting. Um, we've actually never had a man on the podcast, so yeah. I'm really excited for that aspect. And also we are discussing a topic that we've never really talked about before. Um, We're going to be talking about like mental health in the workplace. And I know that a lot of listeners, you have nine to five jobs, or you work in the corporate world. And just navigating mental health in those capacities can feel extra difficult. I mean, it's hard to navigate in general. um, But sometimes there's, you know, some extra hurdles to get through. when we're talking about the corporate world. Um, So I would love to introduce and welcome Rod to the podcast. So welcome, Rod.
1: Thank you, Carly. I'm so honored to be here and honored to be the first male. So thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, don't ruin it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I yeah, know a lot of pressure. <laughs>
0: no, it's fine. It it's not a lot of pressure at all. I good. I've been following you for a while. I got a very positive reaction when I shared that you were our the guest this week. So I good. think that listeners are very excited to hear yeah. from you, and you have a pretty good reputation online. So I'm not worried about yeah.
1: it. <laughs> Listen, I love learning from women, and I think you know I still have a lot to learn from them. And even points in my life where I thought you know I was the most model-like, pro-feminist man. I just mm-hmm. found myself still being a man, you know. So it's just like mm-hmm. I. I think it's such a a great platform you have, and just you know amplifying everyone's voice, but specifically women's always important.
0: Thank you. Thanks for mm-hmm. that. Um. So, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself to listeners who maybe aren't yeah. familiar with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, like Carly said, my name is Rod, and I am a. I guess you could say content creator, you know, there's the word influencer, but I feel like that's kind of second to what I do. I I, I don't think of my platforms as like my moneymaker. I think of them as, you know, a place to express myself and speak about mental health, which is why we're here. And mm-hmm. um, started with work from home content in 2020. And I was actually it was when I, I actually started making TikToks. Then I got scared when one, one went viral, and so I deleted the app for like three months because I'm like, no, nah. oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. I just got like overwhelmed, and then <laughs> immediately um regretted that for sure. But I restarted it, and then every time I would say something like to my to my work bestie, she would be like, you need to post this as a TikTok, mm-hmm. and so I did, mm-hmm. and I started doing that, and then it started going more and more viral and then I started adding in some nostalgic aspects of like throwback songs and created this like millennial recap because my therapist actually said that nostalgia is really por- important for anxiety um because mm-hmm. it kind of places you in a different time period that isn't now you know like when a certain smell or mm-hmm. taste you know like I remember he told me when, one time to eat a warhead if I ever like was felt like on the urge of an anxiety attack and so um yeah it was great so that's that's kind of what created it and now I have this amazing company called Workday, which I know you want to discuss, um, where I'm able to put mm-hmm. all of those thoughts in more than just a seven-second video, you know, or even a mm-hmm. minute video, and it's just able to 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 put my thoughts out on paper.
0: Well, it sounds like you have a great therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually um, my therapist.
1: You... My psychiatrist became my therapist, which okay. worked out really well. Okay. Yeah, so we, yeah. We, we don't have to worry about talking to two different people. <laughs>
0: Yeah. 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 That's always nice.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I think that's great advice. I think I talk a lot about like inner child work with my clients, um, -hmm. allowing ourselves to kind of like, I mean, even if it's going back to childhood, but also going back to like, just like teenage or like early adult years. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like reflecting on that time can be, so it can be traumatic, <laughs> it can also yeah. be very healing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's so interesting cuz the time period I talk about, you know, or post about in my videos is like when I was in high school, so 2004 to 2008. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that like I'm enjoying making these videos because that was part or peak like one of the most traumatic times in my life. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I get to relive it a little bit. I get to have a different association with this music than I did in 2005.
2: Mhm.
0: And I think that's like a sign of healing to Mm -hmm. be able to go back and like listen to those things and like Mm -hmm. kind of place yourself back in that time and be like, it's like, okay, I can, I can like lead with empathy now in this space instead of, instead of maybe what you would have done when you were that age.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, it's so interesting. I mean, I'm taking this meeting from my taking this meeting sorry corporate um but i'm doing this podcast (laughs) and i'm in my my mom's office that like i used to do homework in so it's so interesting like whenever i come home i just have a different thought process like when i'm going through my old yearbooks and all that it it has a whole Mm -hmm. different meaning because now i'm looking for i'm like oh what was everyone wearing you know like i I get excited about it rather than just like putting it in the back of my closet and never looking at them again
0: well my first question for you is have you experienced or been navigating or struggling with mental health for most of your life or when did that start for you?
1: Yeah, um, most of my life and I was just, I was always scared to talk about it, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, some different aspects, one being a man, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, there it was very difficult, I grew, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, so even though it's like still a little bit more progressive than a rural area, it's still the Midwest. And so that was difficult and just the idea of masculinity and what that looked like. And it wasn't talking about your feelings, um, religion. And then I think just the time, the time period, yeah. you know, like the mm-hmm. second someone said therapy, especially where I grew up, we would associate it with the local like mental hospital, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's it's so removed from that. And even if yeah. someone is seeking treatment, professional treatment, that's fine too, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it's, I'm so happy that it's so normalized right now um you know and even mm-hmm. like my parents found therapy recently too. so it's like it, we were able to do family therapy it's been great it's been really good
2: mm-hmm. yeah, definitely yeah life, sure.
1: and
0: i relate to that as well i'm mm-hmm. i'm from ohio born and raised yeah. in ohio totally relate to what you're saying like this stigma associated with talking about mental health mm-hmm. um the fears associated with sharing and opening up about a struggle that you're having um, I was also raised in a very religious home and yep. <clears throat> like left religion after high school and during college. And that was a very yeah. scary time. You're like putting your hands up like it happened, you linked
1: to that. It yeah, happened last year I left. Mm-hmm. So it's been very recent.
0: What religion were you or denomination?
1: Evangelical Christian. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Beef, that new show with Ali Wong and Steven Yeun?
0: I just like started because I want to watch it but i haven't started
1: yeah you should episode three there's this scene that like i think every evangelical christian could relate to of like going in and like he Mm -hmm. starts crying and everyone thinks it's for a specific reason but it's like no it's actually because like the psychology of the music you know it's like it's much more than just Mm -hmm. like anyway i but i love people have the religion and their faith but for me i just Mm -hmm. you know i i needed to look inward you know like i wasn't doing that and that was hurting me more than anything and i think that was Mm -hmm. really hard too it's like my parents, I love them. They've always done their best, and even like like I said, we've like they love my therapist. Like we're pro therapy, mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> but like even back then, it was just like you go to the pastor. You know, it's like my pastor didn't yeah. even have a college degree at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's mm-hmm. it's a uh, yeah yeah it's kind of wild.
0: And it's a very different. It's it's like when I think back to those times when I was like seeking that support, mm-hmm. um. I feel like personally, for me, there was almost like more harm done Mm -hmm. than good um, because it it wasn't actually processing anything that I was feeling or I was feeling a lot of like guilt about what I was feeling. And that guilt was like amplified when I would share that with my pastor or someone from my church who would be Mm -hmm. like, well... You know, why are you having these thoughts? Why are you thinking these things? Mm-hmm. Like just stop thinking them. <laughs> it's like
1: literally. And I think
0: that's how it works, unfortunately.
1: Right. I think it was like really uh, interesting too, because they're all everyone's a human. You know, I think people put religious mm-hmm. figures on pedestals sometimes, they don't realize that they're humans, and I even did that, which was part of the downfall of me with going to church. Um but yeah. um the um pedestal I put my pastor on, I would just expect him not to say anything. And then turns mm-hmm. out other people were finding out the business that I was telling him. And then I had a scarlet egg on me for uh, mm-hmm. most of my high school career, you know? So that was mm-hmm. another traumatizing part of trauma yeah. in my life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I saw a post that you, that you posted um, in February and I haven't pulled up here, but it just was some pictures of you from like high school. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the caption was my therapist asked me what advice I would give 2007 me um, so feeling nostalgic, what would yeah. that advice be? What advice would you give to 2007 you?
1: The people that I felt like I needed to impress then don't matter. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like even from there, it was a chain, like of the people I had to impress then, even if I didn't, or I, they're no longer in my life. I had to do it to the next people. And I feel like my entire life is just like looking for validation from other people mm-hmm. and I'm not giving myself the validation. I can't take validation
2: yeah
1: every time I get a compliment I'm like no you know like even yesterday at the gym someone said something um like about my tiktok or something like I love your videos like no shut up like I have like I can't just say oh thank you like I don't know why it's like so small but yeah that's I think that would be a, a very large piece and also too um I think that just like if you're gonna be okay is one but like you're gonna be like My entire life, I was also bullied. And part of my mental health Mm -hmm. is because I was overweight Um, Mm -hmm. throughout high school and college. I never, and I didn't play sports and I wasn't the most masculine. So I thought that I would never be okay. I thought that I would always be Mm struggling. Like I would always have a struggle in my life. And even more recently, other revelations too that I was just like bottled up for so long that blew up and Mm -hmm. like ruined (laughs) my life the past couple of years. But now everything's- Everything's gonna get better. I know it. Yeah,
0: I think that's that's a really important piece of it too. Is like, yeah, everything everything's going going to get better, and mm-hmm. this this pain, this these feelings, like, don't last forever. Um, I that's something yeah. that I have to remind myself of too, because I think that it's very easy to feel very lonely in mm-hmm. what we're feeling and to feel like we're the only one experiencing it. Um, Especially when we don't have our support groups yet, when we don't have those people who we can go to yet, it is very isolating to experience any form of like negative emotions. Um, And I think that that's the most common thing I hear with my clients is like, I'm going to feel this way forever. And it doesn't have to be like this forever. and, And the pain, the pain will go away. and and you don't have to do it alone i think that's a really great reminder
1: this is the first podcast i've cried on so um that was like that spoke to me so hard right now but it's funny you're talking about support groups too it's like i went on a walk with my like i made a bunch of new friends um in the past couple years just with some life changes and all that and Mm -hmm. um one of them and we, we went on a walk this morning and I kind of was talking to him about some stuff that's been going on because I haven't been honest because every Mm -hmm. like deflected every time. It's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, great, good. You know, like here's what's going right, and you know, it's like you don't want to be negative or talk what's going wrong. But I realized I wasn't being honest with him, and I did. And he's like, man, I would have been here for you, you know. And Mm -hmm. it's just like I'm learning even at this point at 32 years old how to lean on a friend. You know, it's like that's like some. Adolescent shit, but it's like learning right now, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's and I think it's hard when we're not taught that, like we don't see that growing up, Um, and we don't like witness it in our parents. We, you know, it's hard to be the first one to feel like you're doing the the thing, like, and that's reaching out to someone when you're struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that. I often tell my clients, and maybe this will hit with you too, but the hardest decisions oftentimes are the strongest, mm-hmm. and we might not see that in the moment, um, but I definitely think like in the long run, it's always like, okay, that was a fucking hard decision to make, but... I am so glad I made it because look where I'm at now.
1: <laughs> Is this usually how it goes? Right? Like it's basically just you are everyone's therapist each week. It's like literally no. like this. you could not have spoken more <laughs> than what I'm going through right now. <laughs> but it's so true. I'm just speaking it's so true. to
2: you.
1: <laughs> I just you really are all- like, can we do this every week? Can I just be a regular guest? Yeah, but sure. No, yeah, yeah, let's do it every week. <laughs> yeah, we should start another one. Um, yeah. Just, except you're just my therapist every week. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sure. But I think, no, I think that's real. I think it's, um, it's so difficult to realize that because I'm a man who's a coward mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, and I want to be strong and I just automatically assume that I'm not because Mm -hmm. society told me i wasn't because i didn't fit Mm -hmm. into the mold of what it needed me to be um Mm -hmm. and i just kept going with the motions you know and kept doing all this stuff and then you know recently just some really hard decisions that Mm -hmm. i know will be better because it has to do with Mm -hmm. like me um Mm -hmm. and some greater things too and you know just knowing that i'm going to be okay through that too because i can I have to be good for other people too. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. just me that I have to be good for. I have to be good for other people too. Mm -hmm. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. And you deserve that.
1: You deserve that,
0: the ability to be yourself authentically and show up, show up exactly as you are. And the people who don't accept that, they can fuck off.
1: (laughs) Well, I wish. Um, No, I think that's, (laughs) that's the hardest thing I'm having. Uh, You know, I've, I've, fucked up a lot recently um or just even realize that i have mm-hmm. because i was lying to myself for so long and then in turn lying to others and that just did not end well and
2: mm-hmm.
1: everything i'm just like, so honored to be talking to you right now but like you found me through my social media platform there are times every day where i think i don't deserve this
2: mm-hmm.
1: mainly because i've you know i'll read a hate comment or something or someone tell me i don't deserve it but like i Mm -hmm. truly sometimes believe that so i'm learning how to take the steps Mm -hmm. to like put that thought those thoughts out of my mind because my my mind immediately jumps there immediately like i Mm -hmm. get invited to an event like i haven't told anyone this but i got well i guess i'm telling the world this i got invited to golden globes and like (laughs) you know i end up i'm glad i stayed back but like i didn't go because in my head i'm like i don't deserve this i don't deserve this Mm -hmm. someone else deserves it more so those are kind of, yeah. those are my biggest thoughts I'm working through right now.
0: hmm Yeah. And it's, it, those are, those are day by day things that you just, you navigate every day. And I'm sure that listeners are like, ugh, I relate to that, whether they have a platform or they don't, there's, I think we've all felt at some point in our life, like a sense of imposter syndrome, like, why do mm-hmm. I have this or what, yeah. what makes me so deserving of this? Mm-hmm. Um and there's a I reason like, why fooled, you have it. There's like a reason why someone, you know? But you didn't. <laughs> you didn't fool you didn't fool anyone. You yeah. showed up as yourself. Like maybe there were days you felt like you weren't being authentic, but you you created videos, you made people smile, you made people laugh. You still do those things and that is deserving of space. And whether that's space online or space just in life, like you yeah. You deserve to take up space, you deserve to have a space
1: and that's that's yeah. another thing I had to remind remind myself of recently is I deserve a space here, you know it's like I've been here thirty two mm-hmm. years like I've worked hard to get have plant my feet in the ground, so why don't I deserve the space that I worked hard for, which mm-hmm. is a you know a really hard thought sometimes yeah. to to get over mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, so I'm curious like. When you, you mentioned that within like the last year, you mm-hmm. left religion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, But I know that you also mentioned that you've been making videos like you started during like around COVID time and making mm-hmm. work from home videos. Mm-hmm. Um, That was longer than a year ago. Mm-hmm. Was the prioritization of your mental health around the time of COVID or was that before or has it just recently kind of been really prioritized within the last year? Or does it yeah. correlate with like leaving
2: the
1: It's church? so funny that you asked because I've thought this, you know, of like what I would, I don't know, I would, I used to think that like, oh, I, I started therapy eight years ago, you know? But it's like, that's not the same as prioritizing my mental health. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to therapy for someone else. I wasn't going for myself. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think it was truly when I started making these videos that I realized that I wasn't alone in those thoughts, Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: I realized, oh, wow, I want to prioritize this. But even in turn, I want to help other people, you know, like this isn't love making TikToks, love making Instagram reels. but Like, I want to, my end goal is to have some sort of organization where people can come in, Mm be themselves at the door and just like whatever these mental health resources look like for you that's what it is you know in it at mm-hmm. this age too mm-hmm. 30s 40s because i feel like everything is like the teens are the future i get it but like you know there's not a ton of resources that are helpful that aren't just like copy paste articles for people around our age you might know it's better than i yeah. but that's that's what i've found
0: yeah no i agree no i agree yeah. i think yeah. that that's that is yeah it's so important that understanding yeah. of like and I hear this with clients who are in their 40s and 50s who are like, they're, I can't find people, I can't find resources, I can't find places to go where I'm not 30 years older than the other people in the room. And so mm-hmm. I think like those communities are so important creating those mm-hmm. spaces where people can show up and be who they are and talk about the things that are bugging them and not feel alone In Mm -hmm. what they're experiencing because, like you said, mental health affects every single person. I always tell people, like, it does not discriminate in any capacity. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter if you, like, none of that matters. All of Mm -hmm. us experience it in some capacity. And Mm -hmm. we all deserve the places to safely talk about those things and find the support that we need to take those steps to continue moving forward.
2: You're so right. But you made a good
0: point. I I wanted to comment on when you started therapy, you were doing it for someone else. And I think that's it's important to distinguish the difference in that. Like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: starting therapy because someone else wants you to do it and starting therapy because you truly feel like it's something that you want. Um, I think that anyone listening, like if you're in therapy, but you're not seeing like progress, you're not, you're not, you're wondering why it's feeling so hard to like progress forward. I think asking yourself that internal question, like, am I here for me or am I here because someone else told me I needed to be here?
1: Exactly. I think that in that too, you realize like if you're doing it for someone else you're just going to go you're just going to show up Mm -hmm. you know and you're like I'm not really looking for anything out of this or I'm going to say what I think is right
2: because that way it's like no like
1: this is like I'm getting what I need out of it and that's someone else's happiness you know Mm -hmm. and I was doing it you know for like my family and for all the you know for um you know and I I thought I was doing it for myself but then that's when Mm -hmm. I stepped back and realized it's like no like I'm doing this for others you know and then I, I took about six-month break and then found another therapist and that's Mm -hmm. when everything really turned around.
2: Yeah,
0: because there's going to be their subconscious walls up that are going to kind of hold you back from. And like you said, like I've worked with teens who their parents have them there. They don't want to be there. They tell me what they think I want to (laughs) hear.
2: Yeah.
0: And they're like, all right, my 45-minute therapy session is done for the day, like are done for the week.
1: My parents are paying for it. My insurance is, you know, it's like.
0: Exactly. They're like, I'm not paying anything for this. I'll show up if it makes my parents happy and will keep them from not bugging me about it um and <laughs> right. i'm always like i hope that in like a couple years you're back and <laughs> you're back yeah. because you want to be back um
2: yeah because exactly.
0: there's a lot a lot that a lot that can be uncovered and discovered mm-hmm. when you're there on your own terms
1: yeah and it's not just for you know people with like addictions or mm-hmm. um co-occurring disorders or dependencies it's for you know it truly is for everyone like mm-hmm. i, I want to i say that a lot but i want to clarify it's like just because i say that doesn't mean that it means everyone should go because you know i understand there mm-hmm. are you know financial means and there there are mm-hmm. but you ever like we're this is everyone's first time living mm-hmm. and we're not given the tools in a textbook that we think we are and yeah. th- the world's changing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned I learned something every every day in each in each session that I take.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, yeah. I agree. I think I always say like everyone can benefit from therapy. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you've gone through, yeah. it doesn't matter what you've experienced. Like even just having an unbiased person to just talk to once a week or every other mm-hmm. week or once a month. Um And I think you made a good point, too, is like those there are systems in place Mm -hmm. that make it difficult for certain groups of people to receive that therapy. And I think that's why spaces like like mine and yours are important, like spaces that are talking about mental health um, to at least provide some sort of validation for people who maybe can't can't start right now.
1: And that's why I haven't done tips on how to deal with my mental health is because people are like, mm-hmm. you always only talk about the me- negative. You need to tell us how to deal with it. And it's like, well, I'm not, I have a bachelor's degree in education. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, so, I, so mm-hmm. I can write a lesson plan, but I can't tell you how to deal with your own thoughts. Yeah, I had to take two set classes. That was it. Um, uh-huh. Which I probably should have taken more being an adolescent um, teacher. You're, but, you, have yeah. a,
0: you, have, you said you do have a master's?
1: No, bachelor's.
0: Bachelor's in education? In education. That's what my bachelor's is in.
1: Oh no way! Yeah, mm-hmm. Into a very
0: elementary education.
1: Uh, I was secondary. Okay. Um, social studies because yeah. I was always a history buff. Uh, Not because it's the easiest. It. Which mm-hmm. one's easiest? Um, and then I did sales for ten years. So that was great. I don't know how that that pipeline happened. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I forgot where I was going with that. That's, yeah i think that's it's how just, these days are going though it's like i forget yeah. a thought immediately it's like that is yeah. going to be that's a great thought let me go off on a tangent for 30 seconds and then forget everything i was going to say
0: <laughs> that is the story of story of my life 100 yeah. <laughs> percent but before we kind of run out of time i want to yeah. i want to briefly talk about like mental health in the corporate world because you talk about it. this a lot on your yes. page um I see this a lot with clients who are trying to find a work-life balance, who have bosses who just ignore boundaries, who have toxic co-workers. Um, so I'm yep. curious, like, what has your experience been like in the corporate world? And what was the motivation behind starting your TikToks and, like, talking about these these yeah. things?
1: it's so funny I feel like generational curses are more intense in the workplace than in families sometimes mm-hmm. you know and we talked about earlier but like most companies if you bubble up to the top who's running a man mm-hmm. you know that probably has not a care in the world who probably has cares in the world but is able to drown him out in his millionaire status mm-hmm. um but I think yeah I just I I always thought that work had to be my life because that, and that was my fault for always, always wanting to work at a startup. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do it. But I looked back and I realized, like, man, all these places, like, just take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. It's like they gaslight you. They probably every term in your book that, like, you pull out in your clients, they they do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, gaslight girl ball you want to call it. But it's like yeah. they they truly... Will pull the rug from under you. They will use politics in the workplace, and mm-hmm. it's all it comes down to power. Yeah. So I realized that I'm never going to change that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So why not just prioritize my mental health and learn how to grapple with that while realizing mm-hmm. we live in a capitalist society and I need to make money? Because if not, I would be living in a cabin in the woods in Washington and hiking every mm-hmm. day. That's my dream. Yeah, yeah, um, but. Yeah, so then I started making the TikToks and the videos per my work bestie. Shout out to Tiffany. And then she told me that she's like, Oh my God, someone just slacked me your video at work, which Slack is like an online or like a yeah. workplace chat uh-huh. service. And I was like, Oh my God, it's happening. Like something's happening here. And then it started beep boop boop booping around all day. And then I got a call from my my boss, and he said, Hey director wants to meet with you tomorrow morning no follow-up and uh, our director like i worked with great people like the last company i worked for i want to say i was usually like unless it was like about my own anxieties if i ever talked about a toxic boss it was a previous company um but yeah so i got i hopped on the call with the director and he was like and the calendar invite did say your tiktoks and i was like what is
2: happening oops
1: i thought i was gonna get fired for just like making a tiktok you never like because you hear about that too people just do get fired for posting on social media it's like because that's what they yeah. think they have the power and uh-huh. so i talked to him and then he was like i love your videos man i'm like what I was like where did that come from oh, he's what? like he's like i relate to every single one and i'm like you really like my like boss's boss relates to my videos about his boss so that was that just kept me going. And they were really supportive, even with me exiting that job, I took a little bit of time. And then I started my company and then also working um uh another corporate job too now. But mm-hmm. all that to say, it's been it, it was really eye-opening too because it, it caused me to dive deeper into the the root of these issues of like why people struggle with their mental health in the workplace. One of the main ones yeah. being you know, salary transparency. Like we I remember yeah. how many times I was told at a job that I wasn't allowed to talk about my salary with my coworkers because it was like illegal. Like they would literally use the term illegal, or they use like against company policy. And like, I wish I would have gone back and looked at those contracts. Like, I highly doubt it said that. I was probably just being yeah. gaslit because mm-hmm. the company didn't want to pay more money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or what truly is unlimited PTO? You know, like mm-hmm. it, we joke about it, but that's so true. And it's it's just it's it's wild how much I've learned. From other people in this too, because people mm-hmm. like if I post about it, people will write a story, like on my, they'll send me my reel and write a story, like this happened to me, blah blah blah. Like I read the comments and like, this is crazy, and then I will look into it and it's so true. Yeah. So sorry it yeah. was a long tangent, but.
0: No, yeah. no, I, I, I have never worked in the corporate world. I'm very privileged to be able to say that. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: privileged to say I never worked in the corporate world. Um,
0: but I have work. I have had toxic work environments, like when yes. I was in education, and you know there, there. I think oh there God. is toxicity in some capacity within. Right almost every work field. Um, Talk about
1: a group that also like can't afford therapy. Exactly. So severely underpaid. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I'm like, we are as educators, like pretty much showing up and doing the work of like five people and Mm -hmm. getting paid as like half of a person.
1: (laughs) Right. Like what? It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so of course everyone there is a large majority of people who are unhappy and with that mm-hmm. unhappiness just comes a not great work environment. Um mm-hmm. but I think d- specifically like within the corporate world, I think that there is like you mentioned like the gaslighting of like we especially in startups and I see this as well. I was used to be really interested in nonprofits. And yeah. I saw kind of that same environment within nonprofits because I thought that if I worked at a nonprofit, I was like working at this like very ethical, wholesome company that cared about yeah. people. And then my experience was like, oh, this is actually worse than a corporate job in some capacities because there's like less protection and, and there's also like it's more like blurred you're... lines
1: you're working to help someone else, you know, or it's, yeah. a, it's kind of like working at a church, which I did. And they, it was yeah. like, like, oh, well like, yes, that's your job. But also it's like, you're doing this for something greater than uh-huh. just a paycheck. So then
0: exactly, that's and that's where, burnout, that's where burnout
1: comes from. Yeah. That happens in exactly. corporate America even. It's like, what do you think about, yeah. you don't want to contribute to the culture of the environment? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, actually, no, thank you. That's why I think the yeah. best thing, obviously in <laughs> terrible circumstances, but like, Work, everyone working from home could not have been better for people realizing that their mental health is a priority because of that. It's like we don't have the yeah. noise of the office and like we don't have the pizza parties and we don't have that's a, and that's real. I know people mm-hmm. joke about it, but that is the amount of times I've gotten a pizza party. And like, am I doing readathon? Is this the fifth grade? Like, what? <laughs>
0: I just yeah, saw. Yeah. Did you? I, maybe you shared or someone recently shared. It was like a table yeah. of pizzas, and it said yeah. like, "I remember when I was younger, we used to have pizza parties as like celebration, and now yeah. I get pizza parties instead of a livable wage."
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, come on, just like, I, I like take that money and put it towards a therapy session, guys. Like, like a group therapy exactly. session for your for your. Employees, same thing. It's like no, you can have like one slice of pizza. Thanks. Yeah.
0: And you're also probably getting like the five dollar Little Caesar one. So this probably costs you like fifteen dollars to buy the entire office pizza. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: so what piece of advice then would you give listeners who work in not even just corporate but also but any work environment where they're struggling to set those boundaries? What mm-hmm. advice would you give them um, in terms of starting that?
1: I think just being open from the beginning, you know, keeping—I would say—come in at sixty percent and work your way to a hundred. Because if you mm-hmm. were, if you start at, I'm not saying the, with the bare minimum or anything, but I'm just saying, and like, just taking a step back when you walk in and observing, and not in like a negative way, but truly just seeing, like the—and by that I mean the resources that your company offers. You know, like I said, reading contracts, like. How many times, like we we joke about it? It's like I've never once read the Apple's terms of Apple terms of service. You know, it's like now I'm like, what, where's my data going? You know, it's like no, like I was signed signed that way. It's so good, <laughs> but they're like, we told yeah. you. I'm like, yeah,
0: I know you did, but I don't yeah. read those. Like maybe you print can make was it more so small. For me. Yeah,
1: can you make it a like a a school of Schoolhouse Rock or something? Um, exactly, that's an idea. You make it on
0: canvas, so it's like yeah, colorful and exactly. Yeah.
1: Oh my god, that's some content right there. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, so I would say, like, take a step back and just observe. Because if you come in a hundred, like, yes, this is it for me, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, they will expect more from you, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: come in and just, I think, just realizing that your job is a job. Write down,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I love journaling. I'm so cliche in that, but I am a journaler. I love it. And, yeah like, even recently with work, I'm like, okay, so what is my job responsibilities? And what do I have outside of my job? And I literally wrote like my yeah. friendships that I have, other things like my ho- my hobbies, and then work. I looked up, wrote down what I get out of it, and then you just separate the two and realize that these are two different parts of my life. One of them unfortunately does support the other one, but it doesn't have to be the same level.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: I love that. I think that's that's a really great tool. Is like exploring almost like expectations. Like these are my, ex- mm-hmm. this is what I'm expected to kind of like, these are my, this is my job title. These are the roles of my job. This is how I show up do my job. Mm-hmm. Um, But also outside of that nine to five, like having those strict boundaries of like work, I'm expected to start work at nine. So I'm not starting work till nine. And I'm expected to end work at five. So I'm ending work at five, like really right. trying to, prioritize those boundaries and saying like, okay, this is something that can roll over to tomorrow. Um, yep. This doesn't need to be finished right now. Um, yeah. And I think that, like that for, was the hardest
1: thing to yeah. ever realize. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. But that, that was the hardest for me. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. And I hear mm-hmm. that that's the most common thing that comes up with my clients who who work in corporate jobs, who are like, how do I like disconnect work from like my after work activities or how do i like turn how do i like set that boundary of saying like i want to go to the gym at 5:45 oh, and man, i end work at 5
1: oh yeah <laughs>
0: and i tell them i'm like you end work at 5 and you if you need to you know write it down so that it's ready to go first thing in the morning that task that you maybe didn't get to accomplish you Definitely. have to set those like strict boundaries for yourself, or else you're gonna find you're you're going to find yourself constantly like overstepping those boundaries or you're pushing yourself further and further and further yep. and then you're working until 9 p.m and it's just it's not healthy. You have then to matter, have those yeah. strict boundaries.
1: Oh my God. And it's, so my last job, like I said, was really healthy. And a lot of my own anxieties were like self-inflicted, but Mm -hmm. um, like those memes of people looking in the mirror, it's like, who's the problem you. And it's like pointing at myself literally every morning. Um, But yeah, like I would just feel felt the need, like they're not going to like me unless I'm working like a robot. And so I would like be active on Slack at 9 p.m because i'm like that shows a true employee and it's like that's not serving anyone and what am Mm i and i guess this is like a little bit what exactly what you were saying but to put it in like corporate lingo is like yeah what you're doing now just knowing that what you send at 9 p.m no one is going to open until 9 a.m the next morning anyway so why don't you just do it at 9 a.m and then at 902 a.m it's in the inbox instead of 9 p.m. at night that they're going to read at 9 a.m. the next day you know yeah yeah Yeah.
0: and I always tell people too I'm like that you can schedule emails you can schedule like schedule something to be sent at 9 a.m. the next day like if that's the last task that you do and then you're like all right I have my the email scheduled or I have it written down so that's the first thing I do in the morning if that is a technique that like allows you to turn your brain off from work find those things that allow you to kind of be like okay this is the this is the end of my workday for mm-hmm. me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you made a good point too of like that, the people pleasing and the this idea of like, if I'm not constantly getting the validation from coworkers or from my boss, like I'm not good enough or I'm not doing yep. enough or I should be doing more. Yep. And that's such an easy cycle to fall into. Um, no matter what field you're in. And so that's why I always tell my clients and yeah, such a cycle. I'm like self-validation. You have to be able to like self-validate that what you're doing is enough, that you are more than just your job, Mm -hmm. that there are other aspects of your life that are important that deserve that same amount of prioritization. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just takes, it takes practice. It's like learning a new skill, especially if it's something you haven't done ever, in your life yeah. it's you have to give yourself grace and understanding you're learning a new skill um but it's worth it
1: that's so good you can get better advice to definitely. people entering corporate america than i could <laughs>
0: well i work with a lot of corporate yeah. america people, yeah so. there you go
1: so you see it from the outside
0: <laughs> exactly yeah. and i i think there's definitely like a correlation there right like
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's a reason majority of <clears throat> my clients and obviously like there's like that's a majority of people they work corporate jobs but also i think it kind of goes to show like the mental and emotional impact that corporate jobs can have on someone
1: mm-hmm. oh Traumatized. talk about trauma you know it's like i'm so yeah. grateful that i was working for a company that was so great for so long but mm-hmm. before that some really traumatizing experiences some positions where again i'm a human but i was pushed to do things that i didn't you know shouldn't have yeah. done and like you know like my, I was caught. Com- I compromised myself, you know, mm-hmm. and hurt mm-hmm. other people along the way because that's the yeah, climb yeah. the ladder, you know? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's, I hate that. I hate yeah. that. I hate that.
0: Yeah. So to wrap things up then, do you, can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about work days for yeah. anyone who's listening, who's like interested in like being a part of it or like taking in the information that you share? Yeah. On work yeah, days. So
1: the team hopefully is going to grow soon. Um, right now I have an amazing co-writer, um her name is Gabby and she's my angel she's literally me and um like she's my me and my audience simultaneously at the same time she, I, I love her she's amazing Yeah. but um yeah so it's right now a newsletter um we're working on our socials but right now we're prioritizing the newsletter and it's great because like people are working anyway so they're getting emails so it's a nice little fun email in your inbox every monday and friday friday's a little bit more lighthearted but we cover everything from you know burnout we talked about what's going on in france with labor laws to this past week it was which gilmore girls character are you based on how you are at work you know so like we we do it all you know there is the nostalgia aspect of my content but also it's very informational and on fridays is more like an advice columnist uh, Mm -hmm. q a situation so people oh my god the questions that people submit we wish we can get back to everyone but it's oh my god like these people, the imagine. stories. I'm like, I'm, I'm not surprised, but what I hear is still so, so wild to me. You're
0: like, should um, I report this? Is I know it? they're
1: like, my <laughs> boss put me in this position of like wanting to tell my coworker that I like trying to frame my coworker. I'm like, what? Like that's crazy. Oh my um, I have some other ideas of what I want to do though. Um, like I would, I'm not promising this is what, but uh, I would love to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. with it about workplace horror stories i think that that there's a space for that so we'll see what comes right now i'm always been a uh um, a proponent of being good at what you're good at you know before Mm -hmm. you do the next thing and that my my team there's a a very large team of us um working on this together believe the same yeah so it's been great
0: i love that i think that's such that's so important. And I think, you know, listeners who are, are listening who are like, oh, I feel this in terms of I,
2: yeah.
0: ex- like, I work in the toxic workplace or mm. I struggle with the boundaries or I struggle with the burnout. Um, I love that it's, you know, like an email and it's something yeah. that just pops into your inbox. You read it. You get the support. You get the information. You... Feel less alone. You know, it's coming from people who yeah. relate to what you're feeling, um, and, the, and I think the relatability is so important.
1: Yeah, try to be, you know. But it's 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 so cool too because there are people who will be like, "Oh my God, that story is just like me," and I'm like, "That was the most outrageous story," and we had three people say that the same thing happened to them. But it's nice too because people even say yeah. sometimes they go back and refer to old articles. So it's like once you subscribe, you have access to like you know everything we talk about. Um, but it's Workdays.co, W-O-R-K-D-A-Z-E dot C-O W-O-R-K-D-A-Z-E.co is how you subscribe. And Perfect. it's so much yeah. fun. I just love it. I love it. I know people like another yeah. email. It's like, trust this is, which I'm sure you've read them. They're different than your typical email. Very easy read. Yes. Yeah. If something is too long, we literally, we give it a TLDR too long. Don't read like synopsis. Mm-hmm. Like we, we try, we try to understand that our audience sometimes has five minutes in between work breaks to read this. So or work meetings to read this. So we we like to do it.
0: Yeah. 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 And I love that. I'm excited to see what else, you know, what, what else comes about and kind of where work days goes. I think it's such an important conversation to have. And I think that a lot of Mm -hmm. people are scared to, to talk about the toxic workplace. They're afraid to like public, like be open about the experiences they've had because they're like, what if it gets back to my boss? Or what if someone shows it to my boss or something like that you know it's like there should be the space to talk about it for sure
1: <laughs> but i think like we were talking about toxic workplace and it is funny because like i love the people at tiktok that i talk to and all of this but like no one prepares you for overnight morality you know like mm-hmm. going viral on the internet and i have felt like you know tiktok has offered a lot of toxicity in my life and i told you this mm-hmm. like this is i'm taking some time away Um, which I've never Mm -hmm. done before for a long period of time to do some really intense soul searching. And I'm excited to do that and come back with, you know, same content, different content. I don't know, but just need to take a step back and do something for me. Cause like I said, I I want to feel like I deserve this, you know?
0: And I think that that's one of those things we talked about earlier. It's like a really difficult decision, but one that's a very like strong decision to make is stepping away Mm -hmm. from and taking a break from social media or you know from tiktok or instagram or whatever it is um especially when you've built a a big like a huge platform um -hmm. i feel like there it's easy to feel guilty for being like i need time for me um Mm -hmm. but there's no no need to feel guilty because you can't pour from an empty cup and you need this you need that time to really prioritize yourself so that you can show up for others in the best way possible
1: you. my cup runneth over oh. after today. yes your cup runneth over <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah yep I feel right
0: well Rod it has been so nice to talk to you um I'm so thankful for what you're doing thankful for your vulnerability and like showing up and and sharing yeah. like what you've been through and your mental health and all of those things it's not easy um so thank you for that I know Thank you Ape said you're going on a break from social media, but I would love for you to just share where people can find you so that way they can follow along um when you come back or before you leave or whatever that looks like. Yeah,
1: yeah so it's just meet at Rod on Instagram, at Rod on TikTok, and then work days is like that's where I'm having the most fun right now. So if you've like, Why Perfect. aren't you posting as many me reels? Say. It's like just like you can read the reels, they're great. But no, I'm I'm gonna get back to to everything. I just want hoping to come back refreshed, ready to rock and roll, you
2: mm-hmm. know?
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. And I'll put everything in the show notes so it's easy for everyone to find you. Um, but Rod, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you, Carly. I'm so honored I to be you able to have do a this. great rest of your night.
1: Thank you. You too.